Act Five of Bajazet by Jean Racine, translated by Robert Bruce Boswell. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Five, Scene One, Ottilie. Alas, mine eyes search every spot in vain. Unhappy that I am, how have I lost him? Why did kind heaven allow my fatal love to hang such perils o'er his head to-day? And worst of all, that this disastrous letter should reach my rival's eyes. Yes, it was here Roxana found me, and my timid hand concealed the dangerous missive in my bosom, while taken by surprise I checked my tears. Then, as with threatening voice she bade me know the Sultan's order, all my senses left me. When I recovered, round me stood her ladies, who now have vanished from my wandering eyes. Ah, cruel were the hands that succoured me. Their help was purchased at too dear a price, for they conveyed this letter to Roxana. What horrid purpose now her mind engrosses? Who will be first the victim of her vengeance? What blood will satisfy her keen resentment? Ah, Bajazet is dead, or dies this moment, and I, meanwhile, am kept a prisoner here. But the door opens. I shall learn his fate. Scene 2. Roxana, Atalid, Fatima, Guards. Roxana to Atalid. Withdraw. Forgive the feelings which overcome me. Withdraw, I tell you. Answer not a word. Guards, keep her close. Scene three. Roxana, Fatima. Yes, Fatima, all's ready. Black Orkin and the mutes await their victim. Yet still, like hounded leash, I hold his fate restrained. But once let loose, it slays its quarry. Say, is he coming? Close upon my footsteps a slave conducts him. Unsuspicious seems he of imminent disgrace. For eagerly to seek you, madam, did he leave his chamber. Poor feeble soul, courting thine own deception, Canst thou again suffer the traitor's presence? Dost think that words of thine by love or fear may move him? E'en should he submit, canst thou forgive? Should vengeance linger any longer? Have not his wrongs yet overflowed thy cup? Waste no more efforts on a heart of stone, but let the caitiff perish. Ah, he comes. Scene four, Bajazet, Roxana. I will not weary you with vain reproaches. The moments are too precious to be wasted in words, and I should say but what you knew. Your very life bears witness to my care for you. And if my love meets no response, I murmur not thereat, though, sooth to say, this love of mine, perchance, and all my kindness, might well add something to my feeble charms. But when in place of gratitude I find that you have met such love and confidence with feigned affection and prolonged deceit, your baseness fills me with astonishment. Mine, madam? Yours, I say. Will he not still disown the scorn you fancy undetected? Why should you not continue to disguise with hues of falsehood love that is another's, and swear to me with that perfection? 
perfidious tongue all that you feel for her, your Adelaide. For Adelaide? Good heavens. Who then has told you? Stop, traitor, look, and then deny you wrote it. Bajazet, after looking at the letter. I say no more. This letter's frank avowal contains the revelation of a love crossed by disaster. Now you know a secret ready to leap to light, and all but owned a thousand times already. Yes, I love, and ere your flame had shown itself to blast my hopes, this passion, formed in infancy, had steeled my heart against all other charms. If I may dare to tell you so, your love thought that by lavish kindness it might win me, and your own heart interpreted my feelings. I knew your error, but what could I do? I saw it was one you would be loath to part with. Oft have ambitious hearts like mine been tempted by offers of a throne. The gift allured me. I hesitated not, but gladly seized the opportunity of gaining freedom, and all the more that to decline meant death, that you yourself pressed me with eagerness, and nothing feared so much as my refusal that would moreover have involved your ruin. For, after having dared to speak with me, your greatest danger lay in drawing back. Yet, I would call your own complaints to witness. Did I beguile you with false promises? Recall how many times you reproached me with silence that betrayed my inward trouble. The nearer to the crown you held before me, the more I blamed myself and felt abashed. The heaven that heard me knows what vows sincere I offered, which would surely have been kept had but their power been equal to my hopes and to my gratitude free scope afforded. I, with such honors and such dignities, would have repaid your kindness and contented your pride, that even you, perhaps... And how could you do aught to please me, keeping back your heart? What vows of yours could profit me? Have you forgotten who and what I am? That, mistress here, your life is in my power? That to my guidance Amarath has trusted the helm of state, made me sultana, me the sovereign of his heart, though yours disowns allegiance? On this pinnacle of glory already set, how could you lift me higher? A tempting lot, forsooth, to linger here, rejected by a wretch whom I had crowned, degraded from my proper rank, and made at best the foremost of my rival slaves. Enough of idle words, they weary me. For the last time, say, will you live and reign? Here is the Sultan's order. Yet can I still save you, but be quick. Speak. What is it that I must do? Come with me instantly, and see my rival die, strangled by mutes. Then, from a love released fatal to greatness, pledge me your faith, and time will do the rest. This is the price that you must pay for pardon. Should I consent, t'would be to wreak revenge on you, to make my horror and my scorn brand you with infamy before the world. But fury surely makes me mad that thus I wet your rage against poor Adelaide. If I am guilty, she is no accomplice. If you are wronged, no part had she therein. Unmoved by selfish jealousy, she urged that I should give both heart and hand to you. Let not my fault stain her transcendent virtue. Pour out your wrath, but temper it with justice. Without delay, perform the Sultan's orders. But let my death at least be free from hatred. 
not her has Amrith's sentence doomed with me. Then spare a life unfortunate enough. Add this last favor to so many others, and if you ever held me dear... Depart! Scene 5. Roxana, Fatima. Never again shalt thou behold me, traitor. Thou marchest to the tomb that is thy due. Hatalid craves your ear a moment, madam, and fain would do obeisance at your feet. She wishes to confide to you a secret that touches you more nearly than herself. Yes, let her come. You, follow Bajazet, and when the time comes, tell me of his fate. Scene 6. Roxana Atalid. I come not now to play the hypocrite. Too long have I abused your goodness, madam. I blush to feel that I deserve your hatred, and prostrate at your feet confess my crime. Yes, madam, it is true I have deceived you. My own heart's passion all my care engrossed. At sight of Bajazet you were forgotten, and every word I spoke betrayed my trust. I loved him from a child, and ever since to keep him mine has been my constant study. His royal mother, blind to fate's decree, favoured our union and prepared his ruin. You loved him later. Better far for both if you had known my heart, or, hiding yours, had with less confidence reposed on mine. I do not wrong myself to justify the prince. I swear by heaven that sees my shame, by those great ancestors from whom I spring, who kneel with me thus at your feet and plead for their own blood, the purest they have left. With time you would have won the love you sought, and Bajazet been vanquished by your charms, had not my jealousy been prompt to urge all that might hold him back. Nought I neglected, piteous complaints or tears or indignation, and bade him reverence his mother's ashes. This very day, the climax of misfortune, reproaching him with having raised your hopes, and laying to his charge my death, I strove with earnest importunity to wrest a pledge that, given at last against his will, has plunged him into ruin with myself. But why should you be weary of your kindness, or dwell upon past coldness? It was I who forced him to untie the knot, which soon will bind your hearts once more when I am gone. And yet, however my crime may merit death, do not yourself inflict just punishment, nor show Roxana to his frenzied eyes red with the blood of Atalid, but spare his tender heart so violent a shock. You need not fear to leave me to my fate. The stroke of death will suffer no delay thereby, nor fail your triumph to secure. Crown him, and in a hero's love rejoice. May death be my concern, his life be yours. Go, madam, go, and ere you can return you shall not need to fear a rival more. I have no claim to sacrifice so great. I judge myself and know my own demerits. So far from parting you, I mean today to bind you in inseparable bonds for ever. Soon your eyes shall feast upon him. Rise! Fatima, what wild alarm has seized her? Scene 7. Roxana, Atalid, Fatima. Ah, madam, come and see how all the palace is in possession of the traitor Ahmet. 
His friends with sacrilegious hands have forced an entrance right into the royal harem. Your trembling slaves, half of their number fled, doubt whether he obeys or violates your will. Let's hasten to confound the traitors. You, guard my captive if you love your life. Scene 8. Atalid Fatima Alas, I know not which should have my prayers, the purposes of both alike unknown. If any pity for such woes can touch you, I beg you, Fatima, not to betray Roxana's secrets, but to tell me only how fares it now with hapless Bajazet. Say, have you seen him? Is his life in danger? I feel compassion for your troubles, madam. What? Has Roxana given the fatal order already? I am pledged to secrecy. Unhappy wretch, but tell me that he lives. Tis much as life is worth to speak a word. Too cruel thus to torture. Make an end and give her yet a surer proof of zeal. The silence pains worse than a dagger's point. Pitiless slave of a barbarian captive, she fain would slay me. Pierce this heart yourself and show yourself worthy of such a mistress. You cannot keep me here. This very hour I must see Bajazet, or else must die. Scene 9. Adelaide Ahmed Fatima Ah, tell me, madam, where is Bajazet? Have I yet time to save him? I have searched the palace through and through. At our first entrance we parted company. With gallant Osman went half our valiant comrades, and the rest have followed me elsewhere with hasty steps. But all in vain, for frightened slaves alone and flying women meet my anxious eyes. Alas, I know his fate e'en less than you. The slave can tell you all. Fear my just wrath. Wretch, answer truly. Scene 10. Atelid Ahmed Fatima Sara. Madam. Well, dear Zara, what is it? Fear no longer, for your foe is dying. Who? Roxana? Aye, and what may more surprise you, Orkan's hand has done it. Orkan? No doubt despair at baffled crime has goaded him to take this other victim. Heaven's justice then has succoured innocence. The prince yet lives. Run, Ahmed, and release him. You will learn all the truth from Osman's lips, who saw it done. Scene 11. Atelid Ahmed Osman Sarah. Have not her eyes deceived her? Is the Sultana dead? Yes, I have seen the assassin's dagger from her heart withdrawn, wet with her blood. Twas Orkan's cruel hand that did the deed, not unpremeditated, for he had secret orders from the Sultan to slay her lover first, and then Roxana. Ere we drew near, Orkan caught sight of us respect said he your royal master's mandate and recognize his own imperial seal hence traitors quit the palace you profane saying these words he left his dying victim approached us and with blood-stained hand unfolded the written order amurath had given the wretch to execute this double murder but, loath to hear him longer, 
we my lord transported by the rage and grief that seized us with fierce impatience struck the monster down and so avenged the blood of bajazet of bajazet what say you he is dead did you not know it gracious heaven roxana fearing your succour nigh maddened with fury his life abandoned to the fatal bowstring that saddest sight of all myself i saw and vainly sought some lingering spark of life the prince was dead around his body lay dying or dead a noble band who fought for vengeance and by numbers overwhelmed accompanied his spirit to the shades now all is lost and we must save ourselves ah cruel fates to what have ye reduced me madam i know the loss that you have suffered in bajazet and reverence your sorrow too much to offer you the poor support of heart whose hopes leaned only upon him his death has overwhelmed me with despair no wish have i to save this guilty head but comrades in misfortune claim my care and to the end their lives will i defend as to yourself if you would shelter find in some far distant land consider now if you will trust my guidance masters here my faithful friends your wishes will await while i the favourable moment seizing hasten to make all needful preparation then where the sea washes the palace walls my vessels furnished for their voyage shall fetch you scene twelve Atalid sarah all then at last is over my deceits unjust suspicions and accursed caprices have brought me to this hour of agony when through my crime i see my lover die was it not misery enough for me that cruel fate should doom me to survive him that i must suffer torment past endurance knowing his death due to my jealous madness yes my beloved it is i have slain thee i only not roxana nor the sultan my hand it was that wove the fatal snare into whose hateful meshes you hast fallen yet i outlived this horror at my heart i who so lately felt my senses leave me at the mere dread of danger to his life alas and has my very love destroyed thee i cannot think upon it more be swift my trusty hand and let my blood atone ye heroes who in him should have revived your glory whose repose i have disturbed unhappy mother who with other hopes didst tell me that he loved me when a boy ill-fated ahmed friends disconsolate and thou roxana banded all against me come add fresh anguish to a frantic heart and take on me the vengeance i deserve she kills herself oh madam oh, she is dead would god that i heartbroken as i am with her might die <laughs> End of Act Five. End of Bajazet by Jean Racine. Translated by Robert Bruce Boswell.